church is about to fall or not. A mighty church is about to be taken away. Because they have a root and all the branches are fibrous. The branches that are supposed to be a mighty root have been overtaken by the enemy into lavishness and into worldliness. And because of that, a decision has been made by the king of heaven to take them off the face. They will be broken into pieces so that the will of the father will be manifest upon the remnants. But I need to tell you this because this is what heaven has determined. I need to tell you this for me to tell you what we are in ourselves. This period that we are on earth is the last days. There is no evidence that the world needs to know or we need to hear or have for us to know it's the last days. If this world continues to go the way it is, within the, past, the, the, the next five to ten years, you and I cannot live on earth anymore. Because the rate of evil that you have seen is nothing compared with what will begin to happen, you know, from this moment. And if the rate of evil that we have seen is so insignificantly small, then you and I can understand when the venom of hell is fully released upon the earth, which it will, before this year runs to an end. Then if it continues like that for another five years, this glow will be unbearable for us. To live in. Anybody who is a righteous person in their, in their mentor. Not just Christians. There are people outside there who have a high moral standard. Who are not born again. But they have a high moral standard. That's the way they were raised from family to family. Those ones who have high moral standard. Will not be able to live happily on this planet earth. Because they will be frustrated every day by the sight of what they will see. Talk less. Those of you who have given your life to Jesus Christ. So, I believe very much that uh, among the saints of God on earth right now, everyone that God has called to lead God's people will hear the same voice. And I'm very, very sure that the voice you'll be hearing about is about the urgency of the return of the Lord. Many Christians will begin to have visions and visitations about the return and the coming of the Lord. But the reason for it is because the church of God at this time needs to know before the return of the Lord Jesus, there must first be a visitation. A great harvest of souls. And after the great harvest of souls, in the midst of it, the rapture will take place and then the man of sin will be revealed. But a lot in the church are sleeping now. Which is, I will call it a spell from the devil. And I believe that within this season to next season that we're facing on earth, the message will change, or the well, with those who are already online, it will increase, but those who have digressed will come back, and the message will, keep, will change, and the unison message will be preparing the saints of God for the return of the Lord. It is necessary for you not to miss rapture. I think I mentioned it about two, two Sundays ago. It is very necessary for anybody who comes to church not to miss rapture. But before we enter into what we're looking into today, I want every one of us to evaluate our lives that if Jesus is to come right now and put an end to all things, what would be your report before him? I've met some ministers who have said that, well, they have been saying Jesus will come and he will come, he will come, you know, um, uh, generation after generation, he didn't come. <laughs> I said, yeah, Paul said that in his time too. Some people said it, but this is the fact. It is a particular generation that will see the coming. If you have the view that, uh, well, they have been saying it before our forefathers, is the philosophy of Satan which he, he developed. Because it is a particular generation that will, it was, <coughs> World Wars was prophesied many years before it happened. But then it was one generation that saw the first World War. Second World War was prophesied several years before it happened, over 100 years. But it was a particular generation that saw the Second World War. Now, people are talking about the Third World War, but they believe that it will not be like the First and Second World War over the years. And many people, because those who speak about the Third World War, they were the ones who spoke about the First World War, Second World War. They thought about the Third World War, but the Third World War, they said it's not the war of man. 
And there's consensus all over the world. Pagans are talking about it. Christians are talking about it. Philosophers who are deep in knowledge, prior time, spoke about it. But when we look at the, the speaking from the Christians, you know, the reformers from the sciences who are dedicated to researches, from idol worshippers who are dedicated to Satan, all of them are talking about 2015 and 2016. That something strategic will happen on earth. Really, some of them said that 2012, the present globe operation will be closed and a new chapter will be opened, which is which tallies with what God has been telling us. I would get it now. So, if that be the case, I believe very much that anyone in this generation will be secure to just believe what the Bible says. That I'm coming soon, and that soon is now. So that if it happens as they are saying, you and I were secure. If it doesn't happen, we are still secured, but we keep on living in the center of the will of God. But the great danger is to assume that it will not happen, and it happens. There will be no opportunity to repent at all. And moreover, too, if you or I die any minute, it has happened to us. To the dead, it has already taken place. So we have no opportunity, or no, no, we have, we, we, we cannot waste our time any longer. We have to all wake up. And uh, really, you know, um, evaluate our lives. So for 10 minutes, I want to ask you, this week was your convention. God has been speaking from Monday till uh, Friday. Apart from those who went with me for the retreat yesterday, the youth away away day, it was incredible. It's the best we've ever had. You know, the youth away day, I intend to tell every parent who have youths, and every youth is in the church. When they say they are going away with apostle, make sure you don't miss it. Because apostle you see on pulpits is different. On pulpits, none of you can have personal access to me or stop me and talk to me. But in youth away day, we sit together. That is where the heart of those youths were opened up to me. And that is where I could tell them practical issues of life, which is not called for on pulpit because there is no demand for it on pulpit. And it is very, very, it is a different atmosphere. There is a church, one of the churches that is affiliated to us, the whole church members, their pastor invited, told the church members that, do you want apostle to go with you for a weekend? They all said yes. So the whole church members now contributed, they booked the hotel uh, somewhere, you know, in one of these forest stops. They booked the hotel there. And they called mommy and I to come over and spend a weekend with them. So we spent with them Friday night to Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Okay? Like we, we, they lodged in on Friday, Friday afternoon, really. They took off on Friday. So we started from Friday, is it afternoon? I think it was about 10 or 11. 11. We started and we, had, we were together from 11 till night of Friday. Early in the morning, just like the PVM, by a morning, we had breakfast together and we continued the lecture. When we finished at 2, they said there that they, they repented that it was only just Friday and Thursday and Saturday. They have asked us to come. That next year, they want us to come a weekend with them from Thursday. And all the members agreed that they would go on holiday. They would take their leave for the Thursday Friday and Saturday, they told me that that Saturday we should be ready to be there till night. Because we cover quite an extensive things, issues that people, you know, have in their mind. They want to know why, they want to know how we are discussed. And it covers youth and women and men and marriage and career and ministry and spiritual. So, this year, therefore, they have now booked Thursday to Saturday. I'll be going with them. I'm saying this because I want you to understand that we sitting down together and talking is different from me preaching when I come to the church. Whenever you have the opportunity for that, don't joke with it. Don't play with it. I believe that Jesus Christ in his lifetime, he spent more time sitting down with his members and talking than preaching. And you have the evidence of that in the Bible. But when he preaches... He speaks under the unction, but he speaks mysteries. But when he sits down, the Bible says he interprets the mystery. 
That is the reason why the twelve who were with him cooperate in his capacity. The reason why the church of God is far from the mentor, the spiritual oversight, is because they hear, but they don't sit with him. After his death, everybody will start lamenting and people will go and be digging books, they'll be digging his tapes. It shouldn't be so. Jesus sat with them. And I'm telling you in this church, if a group of you just have cast that understanding and you come to me, I will serve you. It doesn't have to be the whole church. This is not what's lead. It has nothing to do with leadership. If leadership gather themselves together and they feel so, I will serve them. If just a team of you who are in a particular home group or who are in a particular area zone come together and feel that you need that and you come to me, I will give you dates and we will go. If it is the women, I will do it. If it is the men, I will do it. But you must have the desire for it because or else it will be a waste of my time and your time. So the youth yesterday, our way day was incredible. Now I want to ask you, what did you learn? When from Monday till Friday, God has been speaking to us, I want us to discuss something that, you, that God spoke to you. Now let me help you understand this. The word of God is, is, is inspired by the Holy Spirit and it's meant for everybody. It's universal Godly instruction to all humanity or mankind. But sometimes when the word of God is preached, okay, or when you read the Bible, you may read 10 chapters in the Bible. And one verse will come strike your spirit. That is what is called Rema. To you. In other words, out of the Rema written, the word written, sent by God. A particular instruction came to you by discussing the word. And those instructions are things that you individual will take and it will change your destiny, it will change situations in your life. So therefore, when we are preaching the word of God, we expect everyone who listens to receive a rhema word. That is something that God will speak. And what God will speak to you will be different from what God will speak to the other person because your circumstance, your stage in the spiritual is different. So, I want us to discuss now what God has spoken. If you received anything, what are the themes? Just somebody will stand up and tell me one thing. You won't tell me two. One thing that you are working on, God spoke to you and it came to you very strongly. Yes, let's speak now. Let me have the microphone. Ushers, please get yourselves ready, men, ushers especially, and get the microphone so that we can now discuss. All right. Are you looking at me? Yes, choir. Who wants to speak? Who wants to break the ice? Or broke the ices? Hallelujah. Yes, darling, tell us. Our devotion to the Lord. And what scripture do you did you have your inspiration from? Yes. First Chronicles chapter twenty eight, verse nine. Our devotion to the Lord. Can you read that scripture again, please? Stop. Take it off. Don't read yet. I want someone to tell me three major things in that Chronicles 28.9. Off mind. Yes. Start from you. The charge of God. God charges. Mm-hmm. Walk. Holy before him. Devotion. Oh, Okay, who has a devotion? That's the first thing. Who can read that scripture of mind? Because it's the caption of the whole week. Yes, just read, even if you don't get it exactly, stop. Your, 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 your telephone, turn it upside down. All right, now talk to me. Just tell me a summary of what you got from that. It doesn't have to be exactly verbatim, but a summary of that, that verse. Yes. I charge you mm-hmm. to walk wholeheartedly mm-hmm. before me. Yes. To uh, to uh, to possess my ways and carefully obey my ways. Okay. And my decrees. Good. My principles. Okay. All right. We have quite a lot of explanation there. Thank you, darling. Somebody else, tell me what is in verse twenty-nine. That's a charge there. From who? Who charge who? 
Solomon. Solomon. Okay. Now, what did he say? He charged Solomon, yes, and devotion, yes. What are the two elements that are involved in devotion? Yes, just speak. No, what are the two parts of you that David said you should devote? Acknowledge. All right, this acknowledging God is not just acknowledging God. Acknowledging which God? God of your father. Acknowledging the God of your father. And the pastor talked about willing mind. And what? My willing mind is one of the elements. What is the second element? Heart. Whole heart devotion. So, what David charged Saul, uh, Samuel is that, Solomon, sorry, David charged Solomon, is that acknowledge the God of your father, that's number one. Number two, with whole heart devotion and a willing mind. Now, whenever we are looking at the Bible, I, I don't want anyone to, to close their eyes. Wake up anybody beside you. When the word of God is going, Jesus said that there are evil birds sent by demons. Jesus said it into church. Aha. He says the evil bird picks it up. So what happened is that it makes some people sleep. Because when you are coming to church, you knew that you left your bed not to come and sleep, isn't it? If you sleep at work and you are caught by your boss, what is it? Summary dismissal. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. You know, all of us should know that we are all tired, isn't it? Who was not tired this morning when you woke up? Maybe one or two. But then, because every day that we wake up, your body is always tired. Because your body doesn't want to go to heaven, it wants to go to hell. That's what our body wants to do. Our body doesn't want to be successful. It wants to be lazy, be dirty, be everything opposite what we want. So we will force our body to buff it. Force our body to wash the mouth. Everything we do will force our body. Wake up in the morning for good thing. Your body don't like it. But the day you want to go and play, you won't feel tired. Hallelujah, somebody. It means your body is your enemy. Amen. Now, I want us to understand how the scriptures, how you understand the scriptures. Anytime we read a scripture in the church, and that scripture is again and again and again. If you miss it, you miss God. If you miss it, you miss God. Because as far as God is concerned, that is what God is speaking to this house for that season. You know what I'm teaching you now is life all over the world. On audio. The reason why many believers do not really manifest God is because when God is talking to them, they ignore him. And God doesn't talk more than that. He said the scripture, he repeated it again. And you should recognize that there's something about that scripture. And to understand scripture is very simple. It's just to read it with understanding. That verse says, you should, uh, David was dying and he told his son Solomon, the key to success with God. The key to success with God. And he said the first thing is that you must acknowledge the God of your father. As I gave God to you, that's how you must receive it. And I told the youth yesterday in our wedding, because it's part of, they told me many things they learned. And one of it is this. People need to recognize this. On earth, if you have no father, okay? Someone said before that if you have no father, you have no feather. And you can't fly. Are you with me now? Now, and those of you who are in CFT, I can tell you that you can be proud that you have a father. What is a father in the Lord? A father in the Lord is a man who hears God. It is not what a man builds. It is not one a man is post, uh, promoted to. It is a man, is a thing that man is born into. And people who are born to be, God will give them all the abilities to be. That will make them unique from all others. Others, there is nothing they can do. God will not honor that level. And if you look at in this house, what about David? David spoke with God. God spoke with David. Okay? David served God, and God revealed himself to David. 
David never had a failure. He was successful in all his battles. Of course, humanly David made mistakes, but then God still, he understood how to get God when he falls. Understand that we, can, we don't have the right to be falling like David, because in the time of David, Holy Ghost did not live in human being. So many things that David did, if a Christian does it today, you go to hell, full stop. God will reject you completely. But there are, the dispensation of David was a dispensation of the law, where nobody is condemned. The sins of those in the Old Testament, Romans 4, 7 tells us, it is buried. Until Christ came, and in verse 8 it says, it was taken away. So it is buried by sacrifices. But the people do all those bad things they did because they did not have Holy Ghost inside them. When David, that's why David prayed that, please do not take your Holy Ghost from me. Because when Holy Ghost departed from him, he killed, he took somebody's wife and he killed the husband. Holy Ghost was not in him. And when he was rebuked and he came to his normal senses that, oh, what have I done? I would not, never have loved to do that. He prayed and pleaded, God, please do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You could understand in the time of law the essence of the Holy Spirit to dwell in human. But you see, the part of David that it is a valid part of, a, of fatherhood is that a father in the faith is a man who doesn't talk, of his, talk just by his intellect. Yes, but he talks by what he sees. God reveals himself to them. God wants the church through them. God gives the church direction through them. God will build the people through them. God will raise people's destinies through them. That is fatherhood. Now, if you are part of the family Christ with Tabernacle, your concern should be that as God has revealed himself to my apostle, I must attain it. For that to happen to you, you must recognize first that I'm your spiritual father. You must know it completely. Like a person is born in a family, you say this is your father. Spiritually, you must know who your father is. Now, having had the father-son connection, then you must understand the God I present to you. You must understand it. As I present the God to you, you must receive him. You must acknowledge the God of your father. Number two, you must serve that God with wholehearted devotion. Don't play games of church with God. Devote yourself to God. And then, everything you do in church, you must be willing. Are we together now? You know what I'm telling you? A time is coming, I will not be able to tell you anymore. And it's coming too soon. I was telling the youth yesterday. One of them, his concern is that how can we, you have been talking about in a short time, you want to step down, step away, not step down, but step away, for us to manifest before you. What can we do to manifest? That's somebody who has a concern. Okay? So what can we do to manifest? Acknowledge the God of your Father. Serve Him the way He served Him. With wholehearted devotion. I told him, look at my own life and just simulate it. If someone says, we can't see Jesus, you can see the man sent. Spend your life to serve humanity. Then God will give you more grace. The more available you are to serve God's church, the more heaven will be available to serve you too. Listen to me. I am called, I am called, I am called. We are all called. I told you in the week, so do you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. There is grace apportioned to each person within the fivefold ministry. But we are not all called as ministers in the fivefold. But those who are called as ministers in the fivefold or who imagine to the ministry of the fivefold, it is the burden in their heart that will drive their service. And that is what will validate. They are called. So, devotion to God is reflected by your devotion to one another. Is reflected by your devotion to the work of God, to the church of God. The attitude of I come to church, say prayer, I say amen. Forget it. It ends up in eternal regret. When the man closes his eyes and he can't open it anymore. 
He regrets forever. He will see all his life as he wasted them before the Lord. He will see the grace God has given him that he refused to use in the household of faith. And he will see many people in the household of faith whose life should have been transformed only if he manifested or she manifested and he will see how he hindered them. So therefore, the first thing God is saying to us is, who are you devoted to? When I, met, when I started with the ladies, the ladies came in another angle and they said that they learned that they shouldn't give their heart to any wrong person. Who do you give your heart to? Who do you give your heart to? Now, very quickly. So we understand that our devotion must be from the heart, number two. And our actions must be willing. Don't come to church because your husband forced you this morning. Don't come to church because your wife did not, uh, will not be happy if you didn't come. Don't come to church because you have a father that would not be happy. Don't come to church because you want to impress your children so that they may know that you are going to church. Don't come to church because as a friend or there's uh, the uh, apostle will ask of you or whatever. Come to church because you are willing to serve God. Okay? So, you talk about hard devotion and you talk about willingness. If you give an offering in the household of God, you should know it. You are not giving to anybody because the apostle to give offering, the pastor give offering, the prophet give offering to, the, to God. And we all put it in the church fund. Okay, so if that be the case, you and I must know that our offering time must come from willingness of heart. That God has blessed me with all this. I'm also giving God this because I'm willing to do it. If you are singing in the choir, you must understand that I'm willing to just serve God in it. If you are an usher, I'm willing to serve God in it. Whatever you are, it's willingness. You go out for evangelism, you are very willing, you are excited because you have an opportunity to serve your God. You help somebody in the church. You are very, very willing and happy that God had given you the privilege to be able to bless this person. That should be your, your approach towards God. So, when heart and mind are, uh, you know, you know, um, um, uh, they are, if when heart and mind <laughs> are cognitive, <laughs> they are cognitive, then whatever you produce from it will be God. As God will be satisfied. So, therefore, which means that you and I must treat church as if we are the only member. <coughs> you must treat God as if you are the only member of the church. If there has a meeting, your attitude would be that if I'm not there, then God, nobody is there as you go. God will be coming to the meeting. How can he not find me? Your attitude towards going to church meetings should just be there. And if everybody has such attitude and we come together, there will be big combustion. That is, this is what Satan is doing to paralyze Christians. Look, let me tell you something. If you are born again, you have no right to live a depressed life. Because I, your father, am not. You have no right to live a life of sorrow. I, your father, am not. Do I not have problems? I do. When problems come, how do I overcome? I'm happy. Because it's another opportunity for me to prove that God is true. Yeah, that's how it is with me. <laughs> if there's no problem, sometimes I look for trouble. There must be trouble. Oh, yeah. I look for trouble by going to ask for people who live in all these idol worshippers. I want to come and do crusade in your own place. Get all the idol worshippers there for me. How many people say that that you know on earth? Tell me. Show me how many of them. It's different from doing crusade in stadium and getting Christians together to make a loud noise. And then at the end of the day, Recording Christians as that one million was saved. Whereas nobody was saved. It's easy to do that. Sharing money among the pastors so that pastors can bring their members. And then ask them how many people want Bible. And all the people come out for Bible. And then at the end of the crusade, tell your sponsors that these are the people who got saved. They were one million. When they are not up to 10,000. It's easy to do that. But it's not easy to go to the village. Where they say that in our village we kill human beings for sacrifice. And then you say, I want to come and meet those killers. They have to hear the gospel. It's not easy to do that. Because in that place there is no five-star hotel. There is no validation of mound and crowd. It is eyeball to eyeball with them. So if there is no problem, I look for trouble. Why? 
Because it is by trouble that we are validated. I mean a good trouble. I'm not talking about fighting with human beings. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because somebody can go and go home and say to the husband and the apostle said, as you look for trouble. Now today, uh, it, it is, you are, you are the first trouble. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about going to where the devil bind the people. And people who believe that they have the power of the devil to afflict others. And confronting them. And destroying their power. And bringing light into them. Concerning friendship, I have problems in friendship. One of the youths came to me during the week and said to me that, Apostle, how do you, you know, how, how are you able to live with everybody in this church? How are you able to be happy with everybody? He said, we see that you, you just want everybody to be successful. You are happy with everybody. Don't they offend you? They do. In the church are goods. In the church are wolves. In the church are lions who eat flesh. In the church are sheep. And the shepherd, knowing the wolf, knowing the goats, knowing the sheep, he will have to tame the lion to eat grass. And he must not treat him like lion. He must treat him like sheep. I would get now. So I told him, that is what God is saying to you through, through, through uh, David. Which one do you like? To spend your life Finding faults in people who themselves are faulted. And God is trying to work on them to bring them to perfection. And you are finding fault in them. Or leave their faults alone because you can't change their faults. Celebrate God in them and carry them along. I would rather do the second. But to do that, it is by devotion of your heart towards God. And the willingness of your mind to serve God upon everybody. One day, lion will become a sheep. One day, the wolf will eat no flesh anymore. They will all eat grass. In the courtyard of our God, Isaiah says. Therefore, check your devotion to God. And check your willingness. What you do. One more thing we looked at. And that very verse is. Your motive. Because that verse is that. You know. Um, it says my son. Devote yourself to the God of your father. Okay. With whole heart. And everything you do for him. Do it happy. Be willing. It said because. God searches. The heart of every man. And he knows. You are remembering now. Come on, let's say it together. <laughs> let's discuss it. He knows what? The motive. Okay. So God knows what is behind your mind. That you are doing what you are doing. He knows the motive. If you, you can't go with me, I don't know where you went. During the week. I told you last Sunday to meet me. Didn't I? I will not be so. I'm not looking at you. I'm just talking. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it's the motive. You see, God looks at the motive before he sees the act. Your act may be very good and everybody celebrates you, but God doesn't accept it. During this year's PVM meeting, the man of God who ministered alongside with me began to tell the people, and I something he said that really uh, uh, just blew up my, my spirit. He said that Jesus said, if you have any issue with your friend or your brother, and you bring an offering to me, he said, leave it on the altar. He said, go and settle with your neighbor, and then come and offer. And the Lord told me that, do I recognize the reason why many Christians do not prosper? Is because all their offerings are still in the altar. They have not been received by him. He said, go and tell them. Because an offering on the altar, you have given it, but it's still in the, on the altar. What is making it to be on the altar that they cannot ascend before the Lord is because you have to resolve with your friends. You have to resolve with your, with your neighbors. You have to turn your heart towards God. God does not accept an offering from a man who is not devoted to him. They would even give him a billion. And this is one of the reasons why Christians say, but I've been sowing, I've been sowing, I didn't reap. God looks at the motive behind your soul. He looks at your heart of devotion. Then, if you now give out of a devoted heart, 
Whatever you ask him for, forget it. He will do it too. He will do it. So we need to check our hearts and our motives, which is our mind states. Who can tell me the last con- the condition, the last thing that the warning? Maybe that would be better. What's the warning? If you beautiful, God told him that. Look, David said to Solomon that. Look, this God that I'm serving. If you serve him the way I your father served him, okay, the same pattern follow. Number two. If you devote yourself to him as I did. Okay? And if you serve him with willing mind. Willing, willingly or be willing to just do what he said. He said that the Lord will bless you. He said no nation will stand against you. There is no power. that can. When I see Christians, they are saying that demons are chasing them. I look at them and laugh. They are the ones chasing themselves. No demons chasing them. It is your your waywardness and your disobedience that chases you. Why should a demon chase a saint? It doesn't make sense. A civilian cannot chase a soldier who is armed. Have you heard that before? A soldier has a for seven and civilian, a civilian says that, I command you to move, move, move now. And the soldier ran for his life. Oh, I will attack you. A soldier will take you for seven. That is something that really came to my mind. There are some people in Nigeria they call Godo Godo. <laughs> May you never fall a victim of Godo Godo. They are part of the army. If you, if, even if you behave, but your behavior was not well indeed, they catch you. <laughs> they will beat good out of you. How can a Christian say, demons are chasing me? It doesn't make common sense. It's not possible. It's either you are not a Christian or you are a Christian who have left the way, you are following the way of demons, then they're chasing you. Because in the way of God is full of angels. What do you mean by demons? Chasing a Christian? Uh-uh. That demon must overpower God first. Therefore, what the devil does to Christian is just to make you not to do the right thing. And that's what David was saying. Who did you give your heart to? That means who prevailed over you. And when you serve God, serve him with all your heart. But if you turn away from him, he will turn away from you. Now we looked at people who serve God. God blessed them. And they turned away and God backed off. And they, they died miserable. The first one we looked at is the same Solomon. Solomon became so mighty and nobody could be as prosperous as Solomon. There is no nation. Alright, every nation felt privileged to bless Solomon. But when Solomon disobeyed God by marrying strange women, he fell down. Okay? Not only did he fall down, what I didn't tell you during the week was that the end of Solomon... He ended terrible. To the extent that Israel called his son, Rehoboam, and asked him, will you lighten our yoke? That tells you that a wise king who designed his praise ended becoming a terror. And because Rehoboam himself was so stupid, he took the path of his own father instead of taking the path of his grandfather. He said, he went to the elderly and the elders, you know, gave him good counsel that you better humble yourself like your grandfather did. And he went to the young ones, and the young ones said, that, forget it. Give them right, man. Serve them. Right. If you tell these people that uh, you, will be, you will be easy fish, you know, they're going to you know, skin your life. So he went and he said to them that my finger is thicker than my father's loins. My father chastised you with whip, I will chastise you with scorpion. And then the Holy Spirit said, So your tent, O Israel, what inheritance have we in David? Why? Because he did not follow the God of his grandfather. He did not serve him with wholehearted devotion. His father, Solomon, fell 
by association. Though in this case, because it's a man, it's a woman. And I told all our girls yesterday in our personal talk, don't, don't ever say yes to an ungodly man. Because you will never be able to deny Satan to be your father-in-law. It will wreck you. There are, there are two things that can wreck a woman in life. And the same two things can wreck a man. A woman who has no career is a wreck. It will frustrate that woman. Because when other women, when you meet other women and they, who are forging ahead in careers and they are, you know, making money, you will always be lamenting. To have a career doesn't mean to be highly educated. If book don't enter your head, learn something. To do hair like this, people make money. And because 804 is Amala, he's selling. Aneba. His name, her name is in, a, is in a, what do you call it? The, the National Gazette of Business People in England. The woman sold her tribal food in United Kingdom. Today, the, the BBC published about her because she has entered the Guinness Book of Record of, of, of business people. All these people in the city come to New Cross because of that woman to eat that woman's food. I mean, it's a matter of set your heart to do something with your hand. And whatever you face to do, do it thoroughly. Don't like it. The devil, devil don't, don't have interest even in you. If devil will destroy anybody, see you will destroy. What do you, what do you have that is after? Yes, that's why you should. You should don't, you, people just like it for nothing. Devil have better business to do than somebody who has nothing. You didn't learn work. You didn't do anything. And you say devil is after you. What is he? Ask yourself, what is in my hand that devil is looking for? God, you didn't serve well. I mean... <laughs> Amen, forever. You know, it's Satan who makes us feel that he's the one after us. But it's our laziness that is after us. I would get that now. God give you good idea. Fear of starting. How we are outside. Where will I start? Who told you where you are? Start where you are. Start where you are. I would get that now. So therefore, woman, wrong association. If a woman marry a wrong man, an ungodly man, a Christian woman, finish. If a Christian man say, can I marry you to a woman who is not born again? Forget it. You sign your death warrant. Career and wife can break or make. But if we look at the life of Uzziah, I should stop now. Uzziah was also powerful. We looked at it in the week. Because he submitted to his father, Zechariah. And the Bible says in verse 4 and 5, Zechariah taught Uzziah in righteousness. As long as Uzziah followed his father, he succeeded. Your father, your father, your father has a lot to do with your destiny. What will happen to you and I? Your spiritual father, God didn't make some spiritual father for nonsense. To, to just be, to be a fool. No. And those of you in this house, there is, you will have excuse with God. There is nothing you are looking for in a spiritual man that you is not here. Nothing under heaven. Nothing under heaven except something else. Zechariah taught Uzziah and Uzziah followed. The Bible says, as long as, first, first Chronicles 26, as, verse 5, as long as he followed Zechariah, he succeeded in everything. Zechariah was not a king. He was just a man of God. But Uzziah succeeded as a king. Whatever you are, if I can take my stand before God, which I do, is enough to make you successful in whatever you do take your stand in. But you must follow what I teach you. But you know something? Look at this man. He sought God during, what is it? Sought God. Sought God means hard devotion and willingness of mind. Same principle. Who instructed him in the fear of God? That's why here I don't tell you about seven steps to money. Because there's no seven steps to prosperity. All who preach it, they didn't follow the steps before they make their money. Yeah, they made their money by taking offering. Abby? So, which step is in taking offering? Offering time, blessing time. We collect all the money they put in their pocket. So, what is the steps they took? Only I'll take an envelope. Like, if I'm if I, one of them, like this morning... I will have come with some envelope. 
and told people that I have been praying in the month of July. <laughs> Fasting for you. And the envelopes are anointed. For this grace of the month of August, you need to sow a seed. You know, the principle looks sensible, but the application is the devil. This seed you sow in your life, if you want a breakthrough for destiny, it is called destiny seed. Any amount, they name it. You put your money, they put it in your pocket. When you collect 100 pounds from 100 people, that is how much? Mathematicians, 10,000 pounds. You don't need to go too much now. If you have 100 people that give 100 pounds, and you take 10,000 pounds a day, and you let them cool down, and towards the middle of the month, you come again and say that, really, God had visited me. This apron is a miracle apron. Huh? And then you tell them that you will sow a seed. And people are so vulnerable because they don't know the word of God. And they sow the seed. And then when they tried 50 pounds, they walked. They tried 100 pounds, they walked. They went to 250 pounds. Now they are talking in thousands. Ten people here should give one thousand. They calculate what they want to earn in a service before they begin to tell you. They preach good message, and when you are happy, they strike you below the belt. Let me say something to you. People like that can they write books to be teaching you who labor, how to make money, ten steps to prosperity, seven steps, and you buy the books. You make money. They make money again from you. The step to prosperity, if you are taught the fear of God. That's what I'm teaching you. The fear of God brings honor and wealth, Proverbs says. This man became powerful. Look at verse 16 of this scripture. I have to stop here. Shall we read it now? These are the things we looked at in the week. Women or association, organization, destroy some great people. Then wealth corrupted their brains, some of them. When they became wealthy, their friend is no more their friend. They have new friends. They have also arrived now. If you look at, in CFT, whatever we become over the years, have I changed my association? The people that have been preaching for me for, for 25 years, they are the ones I see them. Because none of them misbehave. And they know my pulpit. If you misbehave on my pulpit, whoever under heaven, I will let you sit down. Well, thank you. While you are sitting down, I will correct all your error before you. Any human being under heaven. It doesn't matter their name or that. If I go to a conference and any minister of any church will preach error and I'm told to come and collect offering after him, I will begin a new sermon and I will correct all his errors before him. Because maybe it is, that, it is just that opportunity he has on earth to hear the truth. And moreover, to people who have come to that meeting cannot be allowed to go away misled. If I did not correct it, I will fall a victim of Jesus when he said that it is better to tie a stone on the neck of a man than for him to mislead the youth. Because I didn't correct it means I accept it. Really, my sitting down there will validate that that thing is true. Because people who have known me will expect apostle to say something. And then when I come in for offering, I say, Bless the name of the Lord, we have heard God speak, spoken now, shall we bring our offering? It means I validate it. It will never happen to me. The worst is that that person won't be my friend, and I don't want to be friend of people like that. Are you with me now? Ungodly men will not make you. It is the, God, the fear of God and your devotion to your maker that will make you. You need godly men to lead you to the God that you should serve. And they don't fraud you. So I leave you with this. God will bless you as you obey Him. Do not let association wreck you. Be careful of association that you keep. One, and do not allow your wealth, your position, your power, as God is raising you high on earth, to enter into you. did not change. You may be director and become a cabinet minister. When you are in this church, you are still Brother Joe that we know. Yes. Because the position of prime ministership is temporary. You will leave that place and come back home here. Okay? 
The position that you are as a child of God can never be taken away from you. So don't let wealth or money make you misbehave. There are some men, when they are poor, their wife suffered, labored, sent them to school, gave them all the money she labored for, sweated for. Some I met some cases in London that the woman did not go to school because she wanted the husband to go to school. How will sponsor the husband? The husband now turned against the woman. And that the woman is no more qualified to be your wife. I mean, heaven is waiting for hell is waiting for people like that. Not heaven. Heaven will judge them, they will be in hell. Don't let what you become enter your head. To your wife, you are the young boy he met. She met. Okay? You may grow fat belly and grow fat neck. It doesn't change who you are. You are the young boy. Yes. Yeah, that he, she met many years ago. Who was begging her to marry her by the grace of God? Now, <laughs> how would you become the chief executive and chief of all the chiefs? Don't let power corrupt your mind. And same thing happens to the woman. When you become the chief justice and also know that the chief justice does not read kitchen. Whatever you become out there, thank God for it, but don't let it change your person. So that to everyone, what you used to be is what still you are. Even better. Your high position should help you serve better. It shouldn't make you become a terror among men. People who do that, God pull them down. That will not be your portion. Let's stand up on our feet. We're going to pray for strength that God will empower us and increase us this very morning. Shall we just begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Pray for strength that the Lord will strengthen us and empower us. Our God and our Redeemer, I cannot hear you pray that God help us to serve you with whole heart devotion. With a willing mind, help us to serve you, our God and our King, with whole heart devotion and a willing mind. Help us not to miss it. We don't want to miss it at all. Help us to be humble before you. Tell the Lord, if you don't know your service in this church, tell God to reveal what you should do to you. Tell God to reveal yourself to you. Lord, I pray, reveal myself to me. Reveal to me what I should do. Sovereign Lord, I pray thee. Tell the Lord, I want to be useful to you. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Lord, I speak your blessing over your people. I say that this week shall be great for you. Heaven will remember your labor. And the Lord shall respond. For the years of your hard labor, it will give you double. If anybody has been looking for a job in this week you are going into, the Lord will provide your job. If anybody has been nursing a problem in this week, there will be a solution for you. All the deposits of God over this whole household in the past seven days shall manifest in you. The heart that will please God, may the Lord give it to you. If you, anyone is struggling in any aspect of life, Father, in this week, respond from heaven. Let there be solution. Father, let there be solution. Lord, let there be solution. If the enemy is struggling with anybody, I command the devil to become weary of them. I command demons of hell to be weary of us. The Bible says the strangers shall be weary. They will run out of their hibernation. Every hibernating evil spirit, I command them to run out. By the fire of God, Holy Ghost fire, chase them out. From wherever they are hibernating in their life, Holy Ghost fire, chase them out. I command chains to be broken. I command every bondage to be destroyed. Lord, let there be revival in our soul. Every member of this house, revive their soul, O God. God, why is it that I'm seeing and many cannot see? This week, reveal yourself to them all. Lord, this week, reveal yourself to them. The Bible says when God was passing by Abraham, he said, shall we hide from Abraham, our friend? What you saw in Abraham that made him your friend, let it be found in us. Father, what it was found in Abraham that made Abraham your friend. Let it be manifest in us that we may rejoice in your name. Whoever comes here with pain around the backside of the air, I command the pain to vanish. Anyone suffering pain in the left side of the head and to the eye, I command the pain to be removed from those. 
I command the peace of God upon you. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Hallelujah. Let's be seated, please. Can I say to us that, um, you know, I've been talking to you about our structure for some time. This week, Wednesday, I'll be holding a meeting after the Bible study. It's going to be a meeting for about 35 minutes to 45 minutes. And I want to meet all ordained leaders of this parish. Send email to yourself or text to yourself. And anybody in this parish who is not ordained, okay, but you want to operate in leadership for the burden of this house, anyone that falls in that category, if you know that God has called you into leadership role in the household of faith, now you may not even be, but you have a heart to be responsible to serve. I won't tell you what I'm going to give out to the, to the operations. God has instructed me, I must put in place that instruction. But it must be people who are willing, because if you are willing, then you have the time. And we can now solve together. After your Bible study this week, we will sit down together and we will just go throughout what we should do. So that we'll be able to meet the function. Now also, by 10 o'clock, we are starting the youth, uh, the convention Thanksgiving. So all of you who are youths here, you must close within the next uh, uh, 15 minutes. Grace is done and you can go to the cathedral. It's a special meeting for the church, not just for youths. So every one of us who are involved, let's make sure we meet a pastor. God bless you as you. Praise the Lord. Well, let's prepare for our tithes and our offering this morning. If you like an envelope, please ask the ushers for one. Let's prepare for our tithes and our offering this morning. I'm sure you've been thoroughly blessed. I'm certain you've been thoroughly blessed. Hallelujah. Whenever we come to the house of the Lord we, and we hear from, from the throne of grace, it's to encourage and to cause us to be established in that which God has ordained and planned and purpose for us. So the key messages for us throughout this week and indeed that we need to take throughout the month is that we need to follow God with a wholehearted devotion. Wholehearted devotion. We need to seek Him. Because when we seek him, that's the key to our success. Ensures that the things that we struggle over, God will bring us into a place of ease. The things we crack our heads and we disturb and use. You, I always say to people this, I said, if you can worry, don't pray. Have you heard that before? You know, people always say, why, 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 why worry when you can pray? But if you want to worry, then don't pray. Because the two will be conflicting. You'll be like a man that is being tossed to and fro. Are we preparing for our tithes and our offering? Don't allow me to stop you from doing that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's prepare for our tithes and our offering. We know God has a plan and a purpose for us. And that which God has in store for us, he would certainly bring to pass. He's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he would change his mind. The angels are rooting for you. God wants you to be successful. We need to put ourselves in a place of success. So when we bring our tithes and our offering, we're bringing in obedience to God's word. We are honoring God. We're saying, God, I acknowledge you in my giving. So if you've prepared your tithe and your offering this morning, can I invite you to bow down where you are and thank God for the opportunities given to you to give. Thank God for the opportunity to give. Remind God of his word. Our God is a God of covenant. 
we bring in obedience to his word, we know that he's faithful.